Welcome to Raising OKC Kids, Conversations with Metro Family in Oklahoma City. I'm Erin Page, and today I am joined by the Commissioner of the Oklahoma State Department of Mental Health and Substance Abuse Services, Carrie Slatten Hodges, and the Director of the Oklahoma Mental Health and Aging Coalition, Karen Orsi, to continue our conversations on supporting the mental health of aging loved ones. Welcome back to you both. Thanks so much for joining me. Thanks for having us. Thank you. So we are entering the holiday season, which can be a happy time for so many of us, but it can also be a really stressful and chaotic time of year. So I'd like to start today by talking about some of those signs of depression, especially for aging adults that could be exacerbated during this time of the year, during the holidays. We know this can be a challenging time for many people, and in particular, older adults. Um, they can experience feelings of isolation, fear, anxiety, oftentimes um, because they have a lot of life changes going on. You can have retirement, losing loved ones, changing or declining health, or even ageism. And some of these emotions can center around a reduced social circle, reduced opportunities for socializing. Maybe mobility has been limited due to aging. Um, and so those can kind of get in the way of being able to connect with others. And so I think it's a particularly important time of year to ensure that you are reaching out to the older adults in your life to make sure that they are included and have opportunities to be social, even if that may mean volunteering to pick someone up or uh, just making sure that they feel included. Those are great tips, Commissioner. Karen, do you have anything to add there about those signs of depression? Well, I would just add that uh, as we age, we are going to be experiencing more grief and loss. Mm -hmm. And sometimes during the holidays, that has a, a heavier impact uh, but we have to remember that when we're talking about the, the grief and loss for as we age, it's not just going to be the loss of loved ones, but it's the loss of opportunities. It can be, you know, having hearing impairment, you can having some visual problems, even something like developing incontinence can cause a person to go into grieving, getting another, another chronic disease diagnosis, uh, all those things are compounding. So as we age, we've got a lot to handle. And, the, you know, the holidays can be wonderful times, but the holidays can also be overwhelming. Uh, plus, you know, with our environment, um, everything that's going on in our world is pretty chaotic, and it's really hard for anyone not to feel anxious, not to feel like things are out of control. Uh, and, you know, it's for especially for older adults, who, as the commissioner said, we really need to reach out and pay attention. And those signs of depression, it's important to understand that when we're talking about um, as we age, uh, we're, we're going to present differently mm. for depression. So it's not just somebody sitting in the corner crying or someone that looks sad. For older adults, many times they, ex they express their depression in aches and pains. Uh, sometimes gentlemen, uh, older older men might express their depression in uh, aggression, not withdrawal. So it looks different for older adults. So we need to be aware of the signs and symptoms and not just assume the aches and pains is just another symptom of getting old. Or that the aggression is just because, you know, grandpa's having a bad day. So just, you know, to really realize that it's gonna present differently for older adults and, you know, have it on our radar. That, those are such good points, Karen. I know with my father in particular, as he aged, 
there were different things that he lost that were incredibly important to him, even things like <clears throat> being able to take care of his own lawn or being able to regularly go golf, um, what, which was a lot of his social experience. And and as those things happened, um, that had a big impact on um, how he felt about himself and perceived himself. And so those were things that we made sure to talk about frequently and also made sure to be able to substitute other ways that my father could feel um, uh, a sense of worth and a sense of participation. So I think those are all really great points. And meaningfulness is such an important issue. Uh, and, and we know we have very high suicide rates for older adults. And many times what we've learned is that people just don't feel like they're connected. They don't belong, they're a burden. Uh, so it's very important. But uh, the, the thing to also remember too, is that older adults, society looked at them as being very vulnerable. You know, as we age, we're just a burden and we're needy and all those kinds of things like that. When the fact remains, is older adults are very resilient. Uh, they're still standing. I mean, it's been, you know, how many years and all the things they've been through, many times they've experienced wars and uh, stock market crashes and all kinds of chaos, and they're still standing. They're very resilient people, but many times, like the commissioner said, we got to go back and remind them uh, how resilient you are, because when you're in chaos, you don't sit down and make a list of your strengths. You know, you're in chaos, so you need people around you that will support you and help you remember how strong you are. Those are such great points. And Commissioner, you pointed out already a couple of ways that we could be more intentional about including those aging relatives in our holiday celebrations or finding ways to just help boost their mental well-being. Do you all have other ideas to add? And then how do we continue that, not just during the holidays, but throughout the year as well? Well, one of the things that I think is um, kind of an easy but often overlooked way is to involve the older persons in your life in the planning of the activities and holiday decisions, whether that be menus or decorations, and just really be involved in all of that planning, which really helps um, folks realize that your input is valuable and needed, and so don't skip that part around the planning. And then I think another area is um, is the traditions that we have in our families. And a lot of times the carriers of those traditions are our older adults. And so really talking to them about traditions and including those traditions in the holidays. Um, and so really being able to tap into that source of wisdom and continuity to share with the entire family are some good kind of starting points to make sure that the holidays are uh, beloved and well for our older um, family members. If I can have we'll add that when we're doing our planning, we need to uh, be a little sensitive to certain areas such as it's wonderful to have all the family together. But if you have an older adult uh, and you've got all the grandkids are there and there's all this commotion and all this turmoil, it can get pretty overwhelming. So when you, you get your planning, take those things into consideration or even things like um, uh, hearing. If, you, if there's an older adult that's got some hearing issues and you got to you know, set up your traditions or you're planning a little differently. 
uh, you know, make sure that, that, you know, they'll be able to have some conversations and not end up just being in the corner because they can't communicate or they can't hear or because of, or because the grandkids are all screaming and, and nobody can hear. Uh, but, you know, just take those things into consideration, too. And then if you have someone that has some, you know, um, some cognitive impairment or someone maybe that has some, you know, that has a di dementia diagnosis, you've got to take those things into consideration, too, be, be a little more sensitive to their situation. Yeah, so mobility needs um, in terms of whether a person can get around in the environment that the holidays are happening, um, you know, really think about that and planning around that. And then as Karen, Karen mentioned, really energy levels, plan around that too. You may have kids um, at the holidays that are going to be on full energy for six hours, which may be more than is comfortable for an older adult. And so really kind of making sure that they um, are able to have their energy levels taken into consideration. And then I really love that, Karen, about if somebody has some hearing difficulties, make sure that they can also have one-on-one -on -one conversations or two-on-one -on -one conversations where they might be able to hear better and that there are places in your planning that are not so loud all the time. And I think it's fine to have, you know, times when we're all opening presents at the same time. And of course it's going to be loud, but then also plan for some times where it is uh, not as loud or not as high energy. Um, you know, and one of the other things that I would point out too is that is often overlooked is we are oftentimes so used to technology and and zipping texts and and hopping on videos and whatnot. But um, some older persons are not as tech savvy as we are. And so really making sure that um, they if that is something they choose that that we're helping them understand that technology how they can use it also to stay connected and how they can feel involved um, when we're sharing things via technology and video um, and that's not only good for the holidays but throughout the year and just really um, even though we're we may be talking about an actual event. I think also what's really important is to know that the entire holiday season can come with just all types of emotions for all of us. And so those regular check-ins of making sure that folks are okay and, and that they are able to enjoy some of the things around the holidays and, and making sure we're just checking in and, um, and including. Those are great ideas. And um, as you all are talking, um, I'm thinking these are great, great ideas to involve our kids in too. Let's talk as a family before the holiday celebration about, okay, how can we maybe rearrange the living room a little bit? So grandparent with mobility issues has a comfortable place to sit, or let's make sure that every kid takes 10 or 15 minutes to just go spend some one-on-one -on -one time with grandparent or great-grandparent. And then also commissioner, like you mentioned, have our kids help us plan. What are some special ways that we could check in with grandparents, great-grandparents, or if you don't have an older adult in your life, maybe there's another way. Maybe there are other adults in your church or in your community that you can make a good connection with this season. That's a great idea. And you're right. You know, one of the things that that I have found, at least in my own family, is that um, our younger 
uh, kids in the family actually have a wonderful ability to connect with um, our older uh, relatives. Um, and so really just giving them a little guidance ahead of time of, you know, um, make sure that that um, grandma can hear you well and 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 feels included because I have found that kids are so great at that better even than we are as adults but it's always great to to talk to them ahead of time to make sure that they um, uh, know to help folks feel included and if there's any challenges that they need to be aware of to um, help our older adults absolutely one area that can be problematic for the aging population is substance use, and this can also be a sign of mental health concerns. Tell us more about the harm reduction campaign and how this initiative is helping save lives. Yeah, so, you know, across Oklahoma, we have really been uh, working to educate folks around harm reduction, in particular, um, the dangers of accidental overdose, which um, most often comes from opioids or synthetic opioids. And our older adults can be particularly vulnerable to that because they have um, oftentimes lived through a time where those are um, prescribed widely and also they are a population that is oftentimes suffering with different aches and pains and so um, may have in their cabinets and and prescribe to them opiates and so one of the things that we want to make people aware of is um is a, is a couple of points number one that opiate overdoses happen and and we are losing Oklahomans every day from these and however by having naloxone which is an easy to administer nasal spray that instantly reverses an overdose and the importance of having naloxone in your home um, and uh, anytime on you so that if you were to ever encounter a person that may be having an accidental overdose, <clears throat> that you have the ability to save that life yourself. Um, and as we know, uh, that is even more common in an aging population that has access and had become a normal part of life is to be prescribed and to take opiates. Um, and there's a number of ways that you can access that and have that handy in your first aid kits, in your homes, et cetera. One is you can go to our website, um, imready.org, um, okayimready.org. And when you go to that website, um, you can enter some information and you will be mailed uh, naloxone. It's a two pack that will be mailed right to your home and you can just, and it's free of charge and just really understanding the importance of having naloxone handy to, um, to be able to save a life. What we also know on accidental overdose is the majority of time there is someone present that if they had had naloxone, could have saved that life. So that it's just incredibly important for us as Oklahomans to understand that um, having naloxone in your home and in your first aid kit is just a vital 
important part of being prepared and knowing what to do in situations that could ultimately end in death without it. Such important information. And as soon as we're done here today, I'm headed to the website to order some for my household. Thank you so much for that. Uh, I want to make sure we talk about another really important initiative, the 988 Mental Health Lifeline. And as this relates to aging adults, I, I can attest to this, many older adults in our lives might be reluctant to talk about mental health. So how can 988 be a resource for them? And what are some good talking points for our listeners to help encourage our aging loved ones to use this resource? Well, we are blessed as a nation that a couple of years ago on the federal level, there was legislation passed to make a three-digit number, just like there is a three-digit number 911 for medical or criminal things, that now we have a three-digit number for mental health issues, and that is 988. And here in Oklahoma, we have stood up our own call center for that number, and so when you call from an Oklahoma area code, you're going to get a fellow Oklahoman who is there to assist you. And they can assist in so many ways. Number one, by kind of talking with you to figure out what is going on. And if it's emergent in any way, then immediate resources can be linked to you. We can send out a mobile crisis team anywhere in the state to further um, help you with whatever is going on. Or we can just act as a warm line to talk you through what's going on and figure out what's going on in your life and give you some suggestions and tips for ways to help you on the path of feeling better. But in addition, it can link you with resources and it can, it can link older adults with resources that are geared towards them. So it is a resource in so many ways to, um, to have a person to talk to. Um, if someone needs to come out to help further, they can do that. And then also to link with those resources to help keep you on that journey of improving your mental health. So it is, um, it's such a valuable resource. Um, it also um, is, uh, has Spanish speaking. It has um, a specific line for those that are hard of hearing. And it also, you can um, use it as a text line as well. So really remember 988 for any mental health need, and they will get you to the resources that you're looking for. Karen, can you give us some good tips about how to encourage aging adults in our lives to make use of 988? Well, we want to re be able to reframe the message. Uh, I'm going to reframe the, the mental health message and not so much focus on being mentally ill and having that label because for many older adults, uh, that hasn't been part of their environment. That hasn't been part of their culture. They're not as versed in recovery and treatment like younger people are. So we need to get that message across that treatment and recovery are very possible. And, you know, treatment works. Recovery is people recovering every moment, every day. Uh, but we want to let people, uh, want to help people realize that, especially our advanced age older adults, you know, those maybe in their 80s or 90s and 100s, which we have quite a few of them, um, that it's okay to ask for help. It's not a sign of weakness. Calling 988 is not going to make you, make you end up in a nursing home. 
or then you're not going to lose your home and have to go to assisted living because you've got a problem managing something. That it's perfectly okay. That that's not a sign of weakness, um, and you know it's not going to threaten your independence. Um, that yeah, it's a sign of strength to ask for help. You, know, you want to be able to continue managing. You want to continue being independent. Well, in order to be independent, you need resources, and that's what 988 is. You know, we all want to age independently, but we have to have resources to do that. So 988 is a perfect opportunity, you know, for every age, but especially for our older adults, to, um, our advanced age older adults to really use that opportunity and not live with that fear that they're going to lose their independence if they if they express some sort of weakness. Yeah, I think that that is such such wise words. And I would have to say when you were talking about the resilience of our older adults, part of that resilience has been a a kind of pull yourself up by the bootstraps and and handling things on your own um and so i do think there can be a mindset of although i'm feeling sad or although i don't feel like getting up in the morning that that's something somehow i have to overcome on my own i just have to be strong enough to overcome it but the risks are there and that 42% of Oklahomans who died by suicide in 2023 are older, 50 years of age or older. And white males that are older than 65 have one of the highest overall suicide rates. So it is incredibly important for us to continue to spread the word, both with our family members and all Oklahomans, that it is okay to ask for help. Uh, we don't want to lose you. We we value you and your wisdom and reaching out to um, in times of need is just an important part of resilience and an important part of taking care of yourself. Right, and, and, and resilience is very admirable, but stoicism can have some bad outcomes. Uh, that stoicism, you know, pull yourself that bootstrap mentality. Again, that's admirable, but it has pitfalls. You need to ask for help. We can't handle everything on our own. And if we think we can, we're pretty foolish. I think that's an important message for all of the parent caregivers who are listening to that it's okay for you to ask for help. Maybe you can't get your aging loved one to call or text 988 themselves, but you can be the one to call or text to get connected to resources or get, get more of those great tips on how to move your aging loved one into feeling more comfortable reaching out to 988 themselves. Very true. As we are coming to the end of 2023, what can you share with us about some of the successes that 988 has seen over the past year? Well, to really emphasize, I think, how important it is to have a number like 988, in the first year, we've received over 40,000 calls. Mm -hmm. And since that point in time, we have a steady average of over 5,000 calls a month. Wow. So it really lets us know that um, folks need an easy place to reach out, to talk about what they're going through, to um, get linked to resources. So we're really thrilled with the, the response to having the number, but it also drives home the need that is out there and how many people um, 
perhaps uh, had been suffering in silence, but now have a place to reach out. So I think really spreading the word is just so critical at this point. And kudos to your team for all the advocacy work um, and, and really getting being able to get that message out to Oklahomans that it's okay to not be okay and that you have created this incredible place with fellow Oklahomans, like you mentioned, Commissioner, who are experts in helping connect people to the care or the resources they need. Yes, our communications team has done an amazing job of spreading the word in so many ways, and it's really exciting. It's been a really a group and team effort. It's been fun to watch um, and exciting to see um, that people are responding well and that we can get people that help. And can I just add something about the 988 line? We know that, um, as I mentioned earlier, um, our advanced age group of older adults have, are not familiar with treatment and recovery, and they don't they don't seek mental health care. They don't seek mental health professionals. So they'll, they'll go to primary care, but not mental health. So this 988 is again the perfect um, a perfect step in the right direction for those folks that aren't going to go to our community our CC, our community mental health centers for help or not have a professional but they can call 988 and from there get connected and get some resources and talk about their feelings and their emotions and try to help identify what it is they're feeling and what they can do about it. Because many of them don't even know how to describe what they're feeling about. And they certainly don't know what to do about it. Uh, for some people, it's their first time. They may have lived their entire life and at the ripe old age of 86, now they're experiencing an episode and they don't know what it is or what to do about it. They may be hooked up with the aging network, but they're not hooked up with the mental health network. As we, go ahead, Commissioner. I was just saying very, very good points. As we are looking toward the new year in 2024, what are each of you feeling especially hopeful about when it comes to the work of the Department of Mental Health and Substance Abuse Services? Karen, I'll let you go first. <laughs> I am, um, I am over the moon hopeful. Uh, the Department of Mental Health and Substance Abuse Services. Um, in the past year and a half, things have seemed to ex explode um, in terms of our being able to address older adult behavioral health issues to include substance use, to include opioids, to include depression, anxiety, older adults with serious mental illnesses, um, evidence-based programs, educating our, our mental health professionals on geriatric issues. Uh, it, we've made such progress here. And I also need to add is that some of the work we've been doing here in Oklahoma has been admired on the national level. I'm involved in the, um, I'm vice chair of the National Coalition on Mental Health and Aging, and other states are in awe of what we've been able to do here in Oklahoma, and it's because of, of the commissioner and uh, the steps she has taken to um, allow us to be able to proceed. So we have a very exciting time for older adult behavioral health here in Oklahoma, and we're doing so much better than many other states. Well, I, I would say that, um, you know, it's as a country and as a state, we've come through some really challenging times of, of the, the huge changes that going through a pandemic have brought about um, from folks feeling isolated, adjustments around work issues, uh, just so many things, education issues. 
And we're coming out the other side of that with um, an explosion in mental health needs. And I think the, the ability to set up a system where people can reach out has been um, such a great thing. And it really gives me um, hope about the future as we're continuing to serve more and more Oklahomans and have access for more and more Oklahomans. But what I would say I think I'm most hopeful about is that as more people have had some issues that they've struggled with or that they've identified that they may need some extra help, I think hopefully the end result of that will be a reduction in overall stigma that there are more people that can say, hey, yes, you know, I went through a period of time like that. And here I am today on the other side of that feeling better and, and getting some help really went a long way in what my quality of life is like today. And so as we've had more people experience things, I'm hoping that more people will be open about their experiences and sharing those experiences which could overall really reduce the stigma around mental health and substance misuse. And so that makes me very hopeful. I love that. And I uh, would echo that we are seeing that in our parent audience as well, that reduction of stigma, people more willing to share about their experiences and people more willing to ask for mental health resources for their families. That's one of the top requests that we get throughout the year. And so I'm with you that, um, that makes me hopeful that people are reaching out for the help that they need. Well, Thanks so much. Is, Go ahead, Karen. I say as awful as COVID was and is, that was a silver lining. Um, up until this, up until the COVID we had, maybe a flashlight on mental health. And now we've got a spotlight. And that's also important for older adults because now they're hearing, yeah, it's okay to be anxious. It's okay to need help. Everybody's anxious, everybody needs help. So it really kind of opens, opens some doors. Um, but I just would like to revert back our whole topic. We're talking about mental health and aging and just for people to remember is that we're not talking about a special population. We're not talking about them over there that are needy and need some help and need some specialized services. We're talking about us because we're all aging. So whatever we can do for, you know, uh, uh, that population right now, we're doing for ourselves and for our kids. So again, that continuum that we're all aging. So this is important for all of us. Um, Age-informed care is important for everyone. Very true. Absolutely. Thank you both so much for joining me today. Thank you for your willingness to share your expertise and all the advocacy work that you all are doing. You're making a huge difference for all Oklahomans, but especially I get to see what a difference your work and your expertise does for local parents. Thank you. Thanks Thank for you. having us. Thanks for our listeners for joining us. You can learn more about the Oklahoma Department of Mental Health and Substance Abuse Services and all the resources available at oklahoma.gov slash ODMHSAS. And as we discussed, for Oklahoma's Mental Health Lifeline, you can call or text 988 to receive free support for mental health crises or to help prevent a crisis. 
Operators are licensed and certified health crisis specialists who answer calls, connect to and dispatch local services and mobile crisis teams as needed 24-7. For more information, visit 988oklahoma.com. Thanks everyone for listening. Join us next time on Raising OKC Kids.